Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Ferris Sabetti, CEO and founder of MySwimPro. In 2016, MySwimPro was named Apple's top app for the Apple Watch. And in 2020, Ferris and his co-founders were named Forbes 30 Under 30 for the consumer technology category. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by CEO and co-founder of MySwimPro, Ferris Sabetti. Ferris, thank you so much for joining me today. Cameron, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So I want to start out with your childhood. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? For sure. And thanks for having me on. I am from Michigan, born and raised. And I'm from actually a suburb uh, just north of Detroit. And our suburb is located on Lake St. Clair. So pure Michigan, we have lakes. So I grew up around the water. And what's interesting is my parents actually, they don't, they don't know how to swim. So oh, wow. they came, I'm first generation American. So they came to the United States from Syria by way of Oklahoma and eventually made their way to Michigan. I definitely think that definitely had an influence and, and cutting to the swimming, you know, they wanted me to learn how to swim. So um, mm-hmm. my, my older brother, my younger sister, they, they, you know, we were signed up in swim lessons as kids and learned how to swim pretty young. And um, it's something that I fell in love with. And I think it's had a significant impact on what I do today and what I'll yeah. do the rest of my life. Absolutely. So when did you start swimming? What age? I learned how to swim at four, four or five years old. Yeah. Just, you know, swim lessons, nothing, nothing crazy. Just at the local park, you know, level one, two, three, four, five and running the program. That's amazing. So did you guys ever get a pool in your home or in your yard or no? No, no, we were, we were more uh, modest than that. We didn't have a you know, swimming pool in our yeah. house. But, um, you know, fortunate, the area we grew up in was really nice. And there were a lot of public pool access. Uh, so during the summer, because, you know, the, the winters up here in the Midwest are brutal. So in For the sure. summer, we, we had the, the opportunity to go swimming. And there is even a beach and a lake, but primarily it was in the pool. And I think, you know, the area that I grew up in, swimming was very much a part of the culture. So everyone learns how to swim. And it's it's very integrated in just your way of life. Growing up, a lot of kids are on the swim team. And I started on the swim team when I was eight years old. Wow. Okay. And then in 2013 is when you went to study at Wayne State University for business. Did you go on to swim there with a scholarship? Yeah, so I actually graduated in 2013. So I started in okay. uh, 2009 uh, and I swam through high school. I swam at university. I was actually a walk-on athlete. A lot of, it's funny. Okay. I, still, I still compete in, you know, masters and open water and stuff, but a lot of people yeah. think they're like, oh, wow, like you, you know, you must have had a scholarship. Now, I mean, the university I was at, Wayne State University in Detroit, they did have scholarships, but I was a walk-on athlete. And I think that's one area I'm proud of is the fact that I, I basically had to try out for the team my freshman yeah. year. I didn't really know any, I mean, I knew swimming, but I didn't really know necessarily how the college system really worked uh, fundamentally like I do now. And so I was a walk-on, I tried out. And then by the time I was senior, I was you know, elected co-captain and uh, we won three consecutive conference championships. So, you know, not, wow. not to say that like I was like the superstar leading the pack. I was definitely <laughs> middle of the pack and, and in many regards, but uh, to be a part of a really competitive team, our women's team won NCAAs my junior wow. year. And I was there actually for the NCAA as my senior year. So definitely, you know, top powerhouse program in the NCAA division two, um, and a lot of international athletes too, you know, top national champions from their respective countries. So it was a great environment to be in during school. That's awesome. What, what were your main events? I swim and still swim uh, breaststroke. That's definitely my okay. forte. And 
in college, I, I ended up actually swimming a little bit of everything. I even swam the mile for points in wow. the championship. I swam the 400 IM. I did the 50, but I was really only decent at a breaststroke. And today, that's what I still compete in. And also like the individual medleys. So 100 IM in master swimming is my jam. Gotcha. So leaving college, what were some of the main jobs that you were working as soon as you graduated? Yeah, so I... I got into the startup world pretty much immediately. Uh, actually, during school, I did an internship at a startup that sold this company called Swim Spray, and it's a product that eliminates chlorine from your hair and skin. So I worked oh, in the wow. summers as an intern. So you know, I actually got involved in the entrepreneurial scene for swimming like very early. I'm you know, a awesome. teenager, 20 years old. Um, but even before that, actually, before getting into startups after school, I actually was a swim coach. And so I started coaching USA Club when I was 17. And I did wow. that during the year, which is actually really uncommon for a you know varsity athlete to have almost a full-time job. It was you know 20 to 30 hours a week on That's top intense. of training 20 to 30 hours a week. And a lot of wow. people actually didn't even know that, that you know, even on the team, they're like, oh yeah, he's coaching or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm at the pool for like four hours after being at this pool for four hours in addition to a full-time course load. So I definitely think that, had an impact on like what I do now. But then out of school, I continued to coach a little bit, but then I worked at a few different technology startups, you know, a few, fewer venture backed and doing a lot of marketing is really, you know, I studied business, specialized in marketing management. And then I worked in the marketing side of things in the tech startup world before launching my own tech startup. Okay. So you were pretty much in the swim world your whole career, like no other really niches outside of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, I think to clarify, so I was involved in swimming for, you know, now it's been maybe 20 years in some yeah. capacity, but I definitely, I mean, I worked, the other company was, I was at, you know, one was human resources, software, you know, B2B. Okay. another one was an e-commerce company. Another one was actually a nonprofit is a fellowship program called challenge Detroit. So I worked at those and I was still doing the swimming stuff on the side, but definitely got exposure into a lot of different areas. And I think this is sort of random, but, um, to kind of speak on like my childhood and the entrepreneurial path. So it wasn't really until I was in college or, or after college, it was even before that it was actually like I was 13 and I started doing, you know, marketing jobs for hire. I would do like video production. So I had, you know, there's one, I recall it was a local artist. He hired me to do a filming session with him um, and record it and produce it to a DVD back in the day of DVDs. And it was funny cause he thought I was a lot older than I was. So he thought I would like, drive to the venue to film everything and my mom drove me and it's because i was like 13 so it's like oh okay yeah that's fine you know <laughs> your mom can take you to do the job but that's that's i would say how i got started and then actually a few years later i know we skipped over this stuff but a few years later when i was still in high school i actually did a program with panasonic so i wrote uh, wow. an essay actually and i won twenty thousand dollars worth of panasonic high definition equipment so this was back wow. when high definition was i mean now everything is in high definition 4k but back in back in my time of high school high definition was was like the new thing and you know i had all these technology products and the idea was to figure out how to use them all together and give product feedback and you know we're talking like high definition camera tv you know laptop uh, different things like that. And they all integrate That's awesome. together. So that was really uh, an interesting experience. But I think all of those, whether it's the video at age 13, or this, you know, uh, Panasonic high definition living program at when I was in high school, I think they all combine as experience to where I'm at now. I completely agree. Like I would say that 
learning video is so crucial, especially now at times, like trying to market your products. If you can learn the video and the graphic design work, like you're already a step ahead. Like just as you said, totally. I totally, totally. agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you can please explain the development of MySwimPro, the inspiration behind creating the app. So what forced you to kind of go this direction? Yeah, I, I always thought of myself as entrepreneurial, but I didn't think I'd start like a swimming related company. So um, yeah. it was more so just seeing a problem that wasn't being solved. And I figured I'm in a very good position to do this better than most people. So I was still coaching. And then after after a while, you know, you kind of leave the bubble of college swimming and you're, you're in the real world, right? So when you graduate yeah. from college and, or high school, it depends different for different people. And so I'm in the real world and I realized that most people when they go swimming, they don't they don't have a coach. They don't have a team that they train with. They, they go to like, you know, the local gym and they swim for 30 minutes or an hour. And it's very loose. There's not a lot of structure. So if you if you have a goal and you're trying to get better, it's very difficult to do that when you're swimming on your own. You know, if you go to a gym, it's very easy to join a yoga class or a yeah. swimming class. Like they have these, you know, multiple times per day, every single day you know, go to an LA fitness or another gym and see when the swimming class is. Most likely they don't have one, even if they have a pool. And so I know, I realized this as a coach and I had swimmers asking me that I either swam with or I'd coach at some point. They're asking me for workouts. They're asking me for the thing that's missing. And that's, that's solved if you go to a lot of gyms for, you know, when you have a yoga class. And I looked, and okay, well, how are people currently solving this problem? And they'll go to Google and they'll type in, you know, yeah. beginner swim workout or how do I do this specific skill? And there's certainly resources out there, but in my opinion, they were not really doing the job. And that's why people were asking me uh, because, you know, if they <laughs> had the answer, then we wouldn't have this problem. So that was in 2014. And that's really what, what motivated me was actually just continuously having swimmers and, and other athletes that I had swam with at one point or I'd coach asking me for workouts, asking me for training programs for advice. And I figured, you know what, there's so many other fitness applications out there that basically do this for weightlifting or running or yoga, meditation. You can just list every single activity. And there were a ton of apps out there for each of those. Um, but there was nothing really doing it for swimming. And that's that's what got me motivated to do more research and eventually take the first steps and make it happen. Gotcha. So how did you know to actually put it onto a platform? Was this straight onto an app or YouTube? Because the development side of the process is a completely different side. I don't know if your co-founders hopped in and helped you with that side or did you know yeah, how to do it yourself? This is a really good question. I get asked all the time, I have this idea for an app or should I make an app? Should I just do this in video? And to yeah. be honest, most of the time you actually don't need to make an application. There, there's sometimes when it makes a lot more sense than others. I mean, if you think about it, if we rewind what the problem is I was trying to solve, I mean, maybe you could do it all with a YouTube channel. Maybe you could do it all yeah. with a blog. The, the thing that I saw, which is where, I mean, we have all those today, but where I didn't think that was solving the problem, I, I saw there were bloggers out there, there were videos, but they were kind of all over the place and they were sort of generic. And this is really what we try and do at my swim pro better than anyone in the world is we try and personalize the content and the training program. So that way it's not just a generic blog article because you know, that's what a coach does. A coach doesn't just give every single person the same workout. They yeah. recognize what your goal is, what your problems are, and they try and custom fit a program that makes sense for you. So for me, I, I didn't want to just write a, another blog because there's plenty of those and it's not really solving the problem. So I knew that there needs to be some software element that can 
not just give you one one workout. And to be honest, the, the first version of the app actually was very, very basic. And I think that's super key because you do have to start basic. You can't, you know, throw everything in the kitchen at, at, and try and do it on the first go. So yeah, the way sure. we went from this idea to an actual application, because I'm not, a, I studied business. I'm not the technical, you know, person, you know, I'm, I'm technical, yeah. but not on the software engineering side of things. So all the time people ask me, okay, so you studied business. So how do you actually make the app? So I started <laughs> on my own. I created, you know, in Photoshop, I created some mockups. I put together a landing page. It was at the time it was called myswimpal.com. Now it's myswimpro, but it was myswimpal.com. I had the URL. I set up a Twitter account. And on this website, you had a mock-up, like a what the app would look like with a few different bullet points. And I had an email capture that you can put in your email to download this app. And so the, the whole point of doing this was really validating, was this a good idea that people actually wanted? Was it something people would pay money for? And what specifically were they actually looking for? So before writing a single line of code, before having anything in the app store, it was just really validating a lot of the assumptions that I had that I was trying to figure out. So, you know, very quickly in Photoshop, and there's so many tools now that you can do this and you can put together, you know, basic application stuff, you know, had a website and I used Twitter to drive traffic to that website. I had a couple hundred people put in their email to download this app that didn't even exist yet, but I was wow. using it as validation that, you know, <laughs> these are the things that they're looking for. And those initial conversations, led me to a pitch event where I actually, you know, presented my findings, what I was trying to do. I met up and I eventually recruited basically my two co-founders now. And that was all in a matter of a few weeks. And so, wow. you know, we go to a, I go to an event called Detroit Startup Weekend. Um, we put together the first version of the application for Android and voila, you know, a couple months later, that very basic version was out in the app store. And it's really, it's interesting to look back on it now because it's been pretty much five years. But mm -hmm. the first version of the app was so basic. And if <laughs> anything, it could have even been more basic because <laughs> what a lot of people, what they, what they overlook is they think that it has to be so feature rich. And this isn't just for an app. This is literally starting any business. If you're starting a restaurant, you're starting a website, um, you know, a pop-up e-commerce, whatever. Every, everything that you're doing, you probably don't need to do to the extent that you think you need to make it. Basically, you need to find yeah. what is the most valuable thing that people are either going to pay money for or they're going to use and only focus on that, make that really solid, and then add the next thing on top of that. You don't need everything. So for us in the swimming context, you would think, oh, you need a personalized dynamic. It's got to have analytics. You've got to sync with all these different smartwatches. <laughs> And by the way, a lot of the smartwatches that exist today didn't exist back in the day. But, you know, it, yeah. you think you need this fully, like, you know, think about Facebook or Instagram and how many different features there are. And you think you need to have all of that in the first version. And the reality is you only need like 10% of that. <laughs> you need just yeah. the most important 10% of that. And you can actually look at, if you look at your phone and you look at the apps that you use on a daily basis, they have a lot of features that you don't use that often or don't use at all or don't even know exist. There's probably so some, true. some core functionality. And I, I always tell people, like, just look at the apps on your phone. You know, these are used by a lot of people to do most likely one specific thing. And they focus on making that one thing really, really good. And everything else is sort of like the fluff that's a nice to have. So when you launch something, it's got to be that like the most important 10% part. Yeah, for sure. So if you can explain to the listeners who are unaware, what does my swim pro offer in specs? So it's a virtual swim coach. What is expected when they log on to this app? 
Yeah, definitely. So when you first download the app, um, and I'll try and contextualize it if you're not a swimmer. Mm -hmm. So basically, there's some basic questions asking you about your skill level, your goals, you know, if you're trying to, you know, improve your endurance, if you want to do an open water swimming race or a triathlon, uh, versus you want to focus on speed and you're more performance enhanced. So as you as you go through a few screens and selecting your goals, we then recommend a training program that's personalized to you based on what you told us. And then the personalization goes to the next level if you know like how fast you are. So for example, if you know how, like in running, if you know how fast you can run a mile or a 5K, the equivalent in swimming is, you know, we, we look at your times and then we personalize the intervals on all the workouts another level. So that way it really is a unique workout and training program. And then if you have a smartwatch, whether it's an Apple Watch, Fitbit, Garmin, Android Wear, you can then sync the training programs from your phone to your watch, and then it guides you through a workout set by set. If you imagine going to the gym and, okay, we're going to do, you know, 10 rounds of, or five rounds of 10 pull-ups and then 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups, we're basically doing the same program for swimming. So you're going to swim, you know, eight lengths freestyle, uh, focusing on this, then you're going to do four lengths of kicking, then four lengths of the individual medley, you know, all the strokes on these different intervals, focusing on these different things. And if you have a smartwatch, all of the data is going to be captured. It all comes back into the app, and then you can see all of the analytics. And we have video content and a lot of other things, but that's really the core. The core is walking you through a personalized swim workout. Wow, that's amazing. So in 2016, your app was actually named the Apple App of the Year for the Apple Watch. And I was wondering, what factors would you say has made your app stand out from your competitors? Yeah, that was crazy. So <laughs> app of the year, a lot of people, when we tell, when we have that on our marketing and we tell people this is the app of the year by Apple, um, or that we say app of the year and people are like, oh, that's, that's cool. Like who said that? Like some, you know, magazine or whatever, like no Apple, like, Apple, that's company, huge. Apple, like the company that is worth $1.5 trillion or whatever <laughs> trading it these days. So, you know, we were in, in 2016, we were uh, the first swimming app to launch on the Apple Watch when it became water resistant. And we wow. were in uh, like Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. He, he does these, you know, keynotes like once or twice a year where they announce stuff. And we were actually in a slide behind Tim Cook, like our app wow. icon on the iPhone screen on stage. And like we took a screenshot of that and use it all the time. But it was, it was really cool. Um, and then yeah. later that year, my swim pro was named app of the year by Apple. So I think the reason why we were, and this is something people think, oh, like how much money did you get? Or um, how do you <laughs> apply for that? And really Apple actually just, you know, they know what's on their platform and they pick it from an internal editorial team. So you really can't like apply for this. There's no money. You don't get any money. It's just a great recognition. But I think the reason why Apple chose my swim pro for that platform and each platform has a different app category winner so for the ipad it was twitter for iphone it was this photo editing app and so for the apple watch it was my swim pro and wow. i think the reason is because we basically took uh, we, we took the apple watch and we gave it great functional applications so you know at the time people were like oh it's a smartwatch. that's interesting i guess why would i need another computer on my wrist. I have my iPhone or, you know, I have my iPad, I have my MacBook Pro, and here's this new product category. And you think, well, why would I need this? And we, we honestly give that product the most application of any probably app still today. Um, because yeah. if you think about it, all the other apps, you can probably run them on your phone. But when you're in a swimming pool, how are you, gonna, you know, you, you're not gonna take your phone into the pool, it's not convenient on the side. And then for all of the analytics that the watch can capture, 
like your heart rate, using the gyroscope to track how many strokes you're taking and all the metrics associated with swimming. Like you really can't do that with a phone. Whereas most apps, it's a nice to have on the Apple watch. And so for us, we were sort of the first, you know, application that leverages this new hardware technology. And on top of that, I think we took, you know, on the fitness side, we sort of redefined what personal coaching means on a wearable device. So, you know, there were yeah. a lot of fitness apps and there still are on the iPhone and Android. And it, you know, it has videos that walks you through a workout plan, but to do that on your wrists while you're swimming and, you know, breaking at the wall and stuff, I think that's really what, uh, what really empowered the team at Apple to choose my swim pro as opposed to maybe like, um, I don't know, a finance app or something like that. So we're really happy, humble, and thankful that we have that opportunity. And, um, you know, Apple's been kind to us. We've been app of the day a couple of different times in the United States and a few other countries. So to get that kind of featuring continuously is really nice. But yeah, that's huge exposure. That's amazing. So looking at my swim pro today, around how many users would you say that the app has had? If you have any analytics yeah, around so that, we're right. We we have about 1.2 million downloads, and so like from wow. accounts, it's about a million accounts. Um, the thing that's interesting is just looking at how it's evolved, how it's grown. So in the very beginning, like if you do the math, okay, so it's been five years. You have a million downloads, so it's like 200,000 a year. Divide that by 365, and that's actually not the right way to look at it because it's not very linear. So in the very yeah. beginning, we were doing you know like a few downloads a day. And I think anyone who launches an app, whether it's Android or iOS, like you shouldn't actually expect to get more than a few downloads per day. Um, For sure. And I think that's one thing that's really challenging because if you were to ask me, you know, what our numbers look like now compared to what I thought they would look like five years ago, they'd actually look a lot different, some more, some less. And so I guess the, the, the learning here is that you can really only control what you can control and really focus on that. And if you're consistent, yeah it'll compound over time. So we were consistent at improving the app and, you know, growing the brand and marketing. So those, you know, five downloads a day eventually became 50 downloads a day and then mm-hmm. 500 downloads a day. And then there were days we were hitting over a thousand downloads today, uh, wow. per day, you know, before the pandemic, right? <laughs> right now the pandemic yeah, yeah. is sort of thrown a wrench. That's a whole nother thing, but you know, that's, but at the, at the, you gotta remember we were doing three downloads a day. So to go from three, that's why I say it's not linear. So in the first year, you know, it was maybe a few hundred, a few thousand downloads um, versus like over a quarter million last year. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely different. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I was wondering, as you said, the pandemic, how have numbers kind of changed since COVID started? Have they increased because people are at their home pools now or did they de- decrease or are they just kind of stay neutral? Did you notice any trends? Yeah, no, it's completely changed everything. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's interesting too, how it's affected, you know, not like every industry is affected a little bit different from the global pandemic, but in yeah. fitness in particular, you know, some areas of fitness are just exploding. Like your at-home workout type apps, you know, they're, they're stronger than they were before. Meanwhile, you have gyms that are forced to close. And so they're just getting killed. Uh, and I think for us, we're, we're kind of in the middle. We're, we're getting killed in some areas. We're seeing growth in other areas. So for, uh, overall, you know, to be completely transparent, you know, this is this is not good for us in the short term because yeah. a lot of pools, you know, not everyone has a 25 or 50 meter pool in their backyard. Most people. That's don't. true. And so yeah. most people rely on going to a gym or a school or a facility to go swimming. Well, what happens when you shut down most of those? 
I mean, pretty much all of them in March and April were, were shut down all over the world. So we did a survey. We've done actually three so far. It's mid-2020 now. And so six weeks apart. And every survey, we would ask people, what is your access to a pool? If you don't have access, when do you think you'll have access? You know, open water versus pool versus backyard pool. And I mean, the numbers were ugly in the beginning of this pandemic. I mean, it was over 90% of people didn't have access to to a swimming pool. And so wow. when you're you're we're a subscription business, we're like Netflix for swimming. So imagine oh, you, know, you yeah. have a Netflix subscription and all of a sudden someone takes away your phone, TV and computer. Are you going to want to keep paying for your Netflix subscription? You know, some some people won't care and they'll just be like, well, it'll come back eventually. Um, mm -hmm. Others are sensitive to the fact that, well, I'm not using this and I have no reason to pay for this or I just lost my job or there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't really want to keep paying for something I know that I can't use right now. So in the beginning of the pandemic, we were just getting killed just from that logic. And then uh, a few weeks later, a month and a half later, that number went from 90% pool closure around the world to 70% pool closure. So it's still terrible if you think about yeah. it, but it's <laughs> it's not as bad. And today in mid 2020, we're looking at 35% pool closure. So on the one side, oh my God, like 35% is like, like gone. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, for and sure. It, and it is on the flip side, you know, it's not like we, our app is on every single swimmer's phone in the world. And so you just, you know, take a third off the potential. If this continues forever, then yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be the full growth potential, but I think we've been able to do some really smart things and help people out of the water with training and staying in shape and providing open water content. So that way, when this does, you know, when this does pass, which might take another six months, 12 months, 18 months, basically by 2022, when we have a full year, we're going to be in a stronger position than we are right now. The unfortunate thing is, we have to kind of get through this next, you know, year, year and a half. That's, that's yeah, totally. So what would you say the main demographic is for downloads on my swim pro? Definitely. Great question. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, when people ask like, Oh, so it's anyone who knows how to swim or swims uses your app. It's sort of <laughs> not really. It's, it's a little bit more focused than that. It's people who have a specific fitness goal in mind. So, you know, there are a lot of people who go to the pool and they just float back and forth and they don't want to track anything. They just want to go in there for 10, 15 minutes. You know, we would like to help those people, but that's not really the core demographic. It's more a demographic of people who are either going to do a triathlon, an open water race, a master's competition. Maybe they, you know, swam when they were 10, 11, 12 years old. They took a break for 20 years. And now as an adult, they want to swim three times per week for fitness. But because they know they know how to train, but they need that guidance. They need a coach. They want a team experience. And so they yeah. come to the app to get that structured program because they don't want to. I mean, imagine going to the gym and doing the exact same routine. You do curls. You do whatever you do literally every single day. Like it, That's not how you get better. You get bored. You get burned out. You plateau. So for swimming, it's the same thing. You want to have that variety. If anything, swimming, in, in my opinion, a lot of other people, it's one of the most boring activities you could do if you do it a lot. So, you know, you're, look, you're in a pool, you're looking at a black line on the bottom, you're going back and forth in a confined space. So when you, when you think about it like that, it's like you really need variety to make it interesting or else sure. it can get boring. Now, there is the flip argument of, you know, I'm 45 years old, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 75, and it gives me mental clarity, and I feel amazing, and, you know, the, the boredom thing isn't even a question. And I think for everyone, you experience both sides of that. So for us, we want to help these, you know, this adult fitness market 
and it's global. I mean, people swim all over the world. So yeah, you know, our audience is over 180 different countries have been downloaded. So it's not wow. like it's uh, an American thing or a European thing. I mean, our app yeah, is totally. in nine languages. So literally anywhere in the world, if you're going to go swimming, you're going to have the same opportunities and challenges. You're going to want someone to help you with your technique, with your structure, with your workouts. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty common. That's one thing that's amazing. Swimming is not something that's isolated. It's not like, um, like cricket or, or, uh, yeah. or, you know, some other sports that are really only done in one part of the world. You know, swimming is very global and we take advantage of that in building a global community. Totally. In 2020, you and your co-founders were named Forbes 30 under 30 in the consumer technology category. First of all, I would like to congratulate you on that. That's a huge honor. <laughs> Thanks so much. For sure. And I wanted to just gather another piece of advice from you. If you could share one piece of advice to an inspiring entrepreneur, maybe a listener out there, what would that be? Maybe something you've learned or maybe something you regret doing, just anything. Yeah, I would say you need to get started. A lot of people, and myself even today, you have all these ideas and it doesn't mean starting a company. Actually, I want to be very clear with that. It, you don't have to start a company, but you need to get started with something. So whatever it is that's on your mind, and it could mean starting a website, a blog, a YouTube channel. Um, maybe you want to take on a new activity or you want to learn how to do something, uh, whether it's learning how to code, learning how to video edit, learning Photoshop. The best thing that you can do is to just get started because really like tomorrow is going to be later. It's better today than tomorrow. It's better today than three months from now. And in certain circumstances, yes, maybe, you know, you got a lot on your plate and it doesn't make any sense to add another thing right now, but you need to have a game plan of how you're going to get started. And you know, a lot of people, when it comes to starting a company, they wait too long. They wait too long to do everything. And then they quit yeah. too early. It's like mm -hmm. you, you waited too long to get started and then you get started and then you quit too early. So it's going to take time. May as well get started today. For sure. Ferris, well, where could the listeners connect and find you maybe on the social media and stuff? For sure. If, if they want to learn about MySwimPro, it's MySwimPro.com and all social media. You can go to the App Store and just type it in, you know, MySwimPro and you'll find it on the iOS and, and Android Google Play Store. And then for me personally, I'm on all social as well. It's just my name, Ferris Sabati. I, I'm lucky that I own all of the handles with my full name. So nice. there's LinkedIn, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel where I vlog about you know different things, entrepreneurship, behind the scenes of what it's like to build a company, helping entrepreneurs take their business to the next level or even just get started. Um, so I'm really passionate about sharing all that. So feel free to subscribe on YouTube and follow me on social and happy to help. Sounds great. Well, Ferris, thank you so much for joining me today. It means a lot. No, I appreciate it. Good luck to all the entrepreneurs out there. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.